1993. Sylvester Stallone, directed by none other than Marco Brambilla, Demolition Man. Q Sting song Demolition Man. Demolition Man is a, also a live album by Sting. Oh my with god. Demolition Man and King of Pain live. A live album? I can't imagine yeah. he would like play the Demolition Man song off. It's, no. it's an EP. Demolition Man film version. Uh-huh. King of Pain live. Shape of My Heart live. Jeez. Love is Stronger Than Justice from the Magnificent Seven. It's Probably Me live and A Day in the Life live. The last two tracks are not as good as the first four. But can you... I, I'm not saying I, I'm already down. Like before we even for, get into the movie, I was thinking like this, like the '90s were were the heyday for soundtracks, right? Like every band that you loved had an obscure song they create they made just for a soundtrack. But this, like Pat, this weird, and maybe it's because of the style of music, but. Like they're real, they've really trying to jam this uh, this Sting single, Demolition Man. You know, up you. I don't want to get your <laughs> your pants going, but the album is on Dude. Spotify. Oh wow. my so god! I just made sure to pin it so I can listen to it while I play TF2 later. <laughs> With any luck, Sting has opened the the episode. In oh all his yeah, glory absolutely. At this that's, point, that's what I'm so hoping. Everyone's just comfortable with Sting creating a song for a Sylvester Stallone action movie called Demolition Man of the same name. I mean, he had just done uh, The Three Musketeers with Rod Stewart and Brian Adams. You know, he's probably loving that. Yeah. You know, that soundtrack money. That collaboration. You know what I'm saying? You can have with that. God, that mm-hmm. collaboration that money. collaboration money. Coming in. God. I mean, so let me paint the picture a little nostalgia. Sting probably wearing his... His tantric tell? sex clothes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, was, I was like, stopped, Jonesy, because you were thing probably wearing, <laughs> which I presume are just fruit of the loom tidy whities. Is that what I mean, that's all what he wears? That's all you need. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you're Sting, you got a big. He's well, like Dale. He just pulls get, it through. It's huge, like meat rod. He just that's Sting for you. Who deals the cards as a meditation? Huh. We haven't even done introductions in this episode yet. We're five <laughs> minutes in. We're all over the place. Uh, that person quoting uh, Patrick Swayze, Avery ripped him, <laughs> ripped a man's throat out and threw him into the lake. None other than Dale underscore A. Welcome uh, back. It's great to be back. Another nostalgic movie for old Dale underscore A. Uh, I was over babysitting my cousin Daniel at the time and uh, my aunt's boyfriend, Uncle Charlie uh, tapped into some, some some sort of illegal VHS market trade at his as his blue collar job, so he came home with Demolition Man uh, on a uh, the VHS tape was perfectly white labeled with just like typewriter Demolition Man on it, mm. and that's that's when I first saw it. Fell in love. 
I know you have probably something important to say, but this is his most fully realized work. I mean, I know people are like Rocky, Rambo. I'm like, no, John Spartan. Absolutely. His greatest role. Yeah. Film role, period. I was going to say how crazy it is that when, way back when, theatrical movies didn't hit VHS until like nine months. Yeah. After it was, it was in super theaters. Long We're not waiting that long these longer. days for movies. God. Late. And then, then, then they hit the uh, rental Batman, yeah, and you couldn't yeah. buy them for probably another three to six months after they hit the rental circuit. Crazy. How about how about the ideas that they're having now? We still have one remaining host. We're gonna get to him in just a moment. Uh, how about the ideas that the movie studios are having, where they you can get a movie that's in theaters for like fifty bucks uh, on like a set top box, like you can rent it. For fifty bucks, I actually don't think that's a bad idea because if you get like your friends over, yeah. and like get Kids dinner movie? or whatever, yeah, for sure. Or even like if it's a uh, Demolition Man too, Sly Stallone coming back. Yeah, he makes a comeback. I mean, he hot off of a uh, Rocky Balboa, <laughs> he gets a he gets an Oscar nod for Demolition Man too. <laughs> I just followed on Instagram. Mr. Sly Stallone himself. Get out of here. He's a big Instagrammer, I think, right? That's what I just read an article. I don't know if it was Vice or some such. The guy's adorable. I actually think he looks great right now. I don't know if he had face work done or he stopped doing that HGH. Sure. I mean, hopefully he did. I don't know. It's on on with the demolition, man. I wonder if he... Because that sounds like an obvious movie song tie-in. Right, like, would Sting ever make a song called The Demolition Man? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I had forgotten he did the uh, Three Three Musketeers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Three Musketeers. I was thinking Robin Hood, but that's... Who did Robin Hood? Did Robin Hood have a tie-in yeah. song? Prince yeah, they had Brian had Adams. A... That's right, um, Brian. Oh, yeah. Everything I do... Yeah, that's right. Oh, God, that, that music video was amazing. Beautiful. It was. Yeah. Just walking on the beach with his uh, Rain Mac, as they say in Great Britain. And there was like inner cut scenes of the movie, right? I think there were like even yeah. more parts of the movie that weren't in the movie. That's what I was about to say. Didn't they? Did they do scenes just for the music video? I, th- I want to say like they, they should have. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing Prince of Thieves in these next episodes. Oh my God! What is that's happening? a great idea. Pivot, <laughs> pivot. Robin or Brian Adams? Pivot. God, that'd be amazing. That's all we need. Remember the action figures, the Prince of Thieves action figures? I had them. Yeah. My God, I think I had Azim and I had uh, Robert of Loxley. And that wasn't even a kids movie. Exactly, like an R-rated movie. I yeah, it was might, not it might as well have all. been. I mean, the sheriff of Nottingham straight tries to R. Yeah, Maid Marion. Maybe we knew de- we do need to do Prince of Thieves. Oh God, yeah. Maybe Next episode, do. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's a done deal. I think we need to. I think we do. T- I think it's happening. Kevin Costner is making his first appearance on the Paper Gag podcast. Long-awaited, much lauded, <laughs> two ninety, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. We have um, we have one other living host. He's a writer. <laughs> Uh, Demolition Man is peak theatricality, and mm. we needed to get a man that understands that innately. Jonesy <laughs> Lillis Beer, welcome back. It's it's in my core. 
you know, it's part of my core strength is Demolition yeah. Man. Demolition Man probably shaping my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what's this it about? What Jonesy and I are you so know? like. You tell us. L.A., 1996, is just burning to the ground. Simon Phoenix is the, the baddest of the bad. The only person who can better. stop a maniac is a maniac. John Spartan, renegade sergeant, wears a beret. Who knows why, but he wears one. <laughs> Police issue. <gets, laughs> maybe that was the uniform in 96 L.A. Beret, full black beret style. He gets heli dropped into a war zone, fights Simon Phoenix, gets wrongfully accused of murdering a busful of people. They're like, sorry, bud, you did it. We don't want to hear any evidence. Sure, you're a hero cop, but you must be lying. You know, that old rag. Uh, gets put into cryo sleep, which is a uh, jail in 96. You know, between 94 and 96, must have had a lot of technological advancements. <laughs> One I being mean, prisoners are... Millennia of advancements <laughs> in two years. It, two years. That's all it takes. Uh, so they're frozen solid. And uh, fast forward to 2032, the big one of 2010 has happened. And uh, John Cocteau has risen from the ashes, also a phoenix himself, if you prefer, to create the perfect society of San Angeles. Uh, meanwhile, Dennis Leary, causing a lot of trouble for those San Angelinos uh, by advocating things as free speech high cholesterol, cursing in public, using toilet paper, anything the San Angelinos can't stand in 2032. Uh, Cocteau unfreezes Simon Phoenix to eliminate Edgar Friendly to, for, for some benefit at the time, to somehow regain control of the city. And, uh, you know, he says, he unfortunately says to the police, you can do anything you need to to stop Simon Phoenix. Q Sandy Bullock, a plucky young lieutenant, you know, create, has a lethal weapon poster on her office. You know, best friend is Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt, just a vision in this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and she's like, no, we should shade. unfreeze. Uh, it's just, it, it's a walnut. It's no other tone I've ever seen before yeah. in a human being. Uh, and he's we should unfreeze John Spartan the demolition man send a maniac to catch a maniac he goes and And so they unfreeze John Spartan and what you know know, proceeds is or I don't even know the word that I want to use I'm so enamored by this movie Mm. Uh, John Spartan chases Simon Phoenix through the future so they can settle the score one final time. Should have stayed there. <laughs> Send a maniac to get you maniac. I think I'm starting to like the future. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost Christopher Walken doing Sly Stallone. That was, I'm, yeah. That's a next level yeah. Sly. I think I'm beginning to like the future. <laughs> I've uh, seen this movie maybe a hundred times. Uh, easily. Easy. I've seen it the exact Absolutely. same amount. I might watch it again you know, tonight am. after Titanfall 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this uh, this viewing i think worked like this i'm getting to dark night levels of viewing where i'm starting to just pick about pick out random problems with the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> where i actually i'm not even sure if i liked the movie when i was done watching it the 101st viewing even though i've seen it so many times the i mean the script is it's funny doing this after true lies being like the epitome of the action spy movie mm-hmm. this movie has almost no regular dialogue in it but corny like all the wesley snipes is over the top corny sly obviously is sly i can change can life really change that much in 30 years right i mean the whole civilization has changed especially when you look back 30 years when the dumb movie was made and it's been almost 30 years it's like nothing's really changed. Nothing's changed. I'm sorry, I have to stop you. Right. You said dumb movie was made. Did you mean Demolition Man when you said dumb? <laughs> Jonesy, no. Listen, I, I one of I, my favorite, I, I, one of my absolute favorite movies. But in this context, like, like on a slim level, I I can't help but chuckle at how much i love the movie but how dumb it is like right but i love no, it. it is held how together with like movie? spackle i mean it's not it, a well put together how, film how is sandra bullock or anyone in this movie she studied the past how is any old person like unaware what a murder is a 187 yeah, well they have officers that are easily 70 exactly. that are unsure what a murder death kill is you damn good bud <laughs> Like Zach Lamb, John Spartan, you are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality code. Well, state manhunt. In the end, it took one man, one cop, <laughs> and and Sandra Bullock, John Spartan historian, didn't know. I guess what a one eight seven is and and who John Spartan like John Spartan brought down Simon Phoenix like she's John Spartan historian and right. He, she didn't know that he was the one that brought down Simon Phoenix. She loves the 20th century. How does she not have a John Spartan poster up at that point? Well, I don't before yeah, even needing to research posters who he is. of real people, like movie style <laughs> posters. I don't think. In the sense, I did think, like under underlying flaw logic wise of the movie. You're going to freeze, unfreeze somebody 40 years, and just expect that he is going to do this what if he's like you know what i don't he's the only person left that i would know maybe i'm going to join simon phoenix he's the only thing i can relate to well yeah he even kind of says that the big gamble if you guys i'm out of here (laughs) yeah yeah exactly because it's like there's there's only so much i guess the uh the constant learning that you're doing for 40 years like 40 years worth of like seamstress osmosis knowledge in his head. Right. But, but even even so, if you we backtrack a little bit, the, the movie opens with him tracking down Simon Phoenix and a hostage full of, uh, a bus full of hostages in this oh, abandoned building. It. <laughs> I thermo-checked it. And he did a thermo-check. There's no other living beings in the building. And the building burns down. They find the bodies of the hostages. They There's got to be in 20 or 30 of them, he said. 20 or 30 bodies. Assuming they don't do an autopsy at that point. Let's just throw out the idea that they throw an autopsy. How on earth would they throw this? 
highly regarded police officer into prison uh-huh. for 40 years because that's, of this. That's like, I mean, it's life sentence, right? Or death row. Yes. Yeah. Even his boss is like, oh, man, I hope you have a good lawyer. I know. That's the last line of the movie before he's sentenced to cryo prison. <laughs> like, that's it. It's flimsy. Not, the case uh, against him is flimsy. It, he's not like, the captain's not like, don't worry, John, we got the best guys uh, working for the department. We got your back. Like, you're, <laughs> we're not going down without a fight. Because Simon, because previous to this case, John, just so you know, before we put you in the back of the police car, Simon Phoenix has killed 120 people before this, you even, like, chase him down this one time. So, mm-hmm. but he, but, so there's maybe a chance he killed these 20 or 30 people. I don't know. <laughs> Because he's crazy. He's a psychotic. He's the Joker. How would they not even be open to the idea? Yeah, he's Black Joker in this movie. Mm-hmm. How would they not even be open to the idea that Simon would have murdered these people ahead of time? He should, I mean, Sly Stallone should be promoted after this, regardless <laughs> of the involuntary manslaughter potential. He's like Marion Cobretti. Like, he's, this is like 1996's Marion Cobretti. Like, he's still in the zombie squad, and he gets things done. That's that's funny. This could be a sequel. It could maybe be. like alternate timeline sequel to Cobra. Can you imagine if he was driving that car and that's the car they got out of hiding? Was the Cobra oh car? Oh my god, that would be yeah, that would have been such a throwback. <sighs> wow. I don't know why the Cutlass four forty two was chosen. It was a beautiful car though. But I mean, but aside from that, it's one of my favorite, absolute favorite movies. And though, and like both. Both Sly and Sandra fill out those uniforms. Oh yeah, perfectly. Yeah, they both look amazing in it. And and Benjamin and Benjamin Bratt, don't forget and Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Walnut, Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. How about? Sorry, I didn't mean to backtrack again. But the cryo prison, the cryo chamber that he gets set into, yeah. is maybe three feet high, and it's a circle. So he has yeah, to why crawl would into that the cryo chamber and like in a fetal position mm-hmm. and then they close it. Why wouldn't they make it a standing tube like every other science fiction film sure. where a person is frozen? Right. He's also, like, question, how do they maintain their vitals when they have to breathe in water? <laughs> and then that little blue pill gets dropped. Know. Every time, every <laughs> every time I watch this movie. I try to hold my breath from the time his chamber fills up and they slowly walk over to get that blue pill five minutes later. <laughs> They're like, oh, I hope he's still alive by the time we freeze him right, because he's, he's going to drown. Yeah. I, I mean, every time I try to hold my breath. How did, uh, in the credits, th- there was in a secondary billing for Sly Stallone's gooch in that scene where he's rolling around and there's just some kind of darkness oh, appearing. Yeah. I mean, he's he's nude. And oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we saw it all in that scene. I mean, yeah, his bees would have just sank right to the bottom of that water <laughs> like while he's like trying to pivot and shift and swim. They actually needed three blue pellets for that one cryo tube. And the one time, you know what? I never also never, ever, ever paid attention to up until the, this time, this watch, when Cocteau referred to Edgar Friendly's detonating graffiti. I always like because when you see the Edgar Friendly uh, like thing pop out of the ground and spray paint that sign, mm-hmm. and like you just automatically assume that the sign has anti graffiti technology and those things pop out and get rid of the graffiti. But 
if you listen to Cocteau say it's Edgar Friendly's detonating graffiti. Weird. So is it not the sign that has anti-graffiti? It's just the graffiti blows up after 10 seconds? Maybe he says that to make it sound like Edgar Friendly is weaponized, even though he's just graffitiing the wall. Because remember, uh, Wesley uses, or I think it's Wesley, uses the anti-graffiti to electrocute that one cop when they first surround him. Oh, yeah, that's right. At like the ATM or whatever. Mm, Yeah. And also when Wesley Snipes was like a computer whiz and typing not at all on the keys really fast, he's like barely even typing any of the key buttons on the computer and it's somehow still working. The, uh, how about the future, Matt? That goes back to like Simon Phoenix's rehabilitation for 40 years because Mm -hmm. it must be so powerful that yes, he could use a gun, but he physically could not pull a trigger on Cocteau. Right. He could not do it, even though his his brain and his heart wanted to. His finger would not pull that trigger. Yeah, that one doesn't doesn't jive. Doesn't jive. Also, how much of an idiot Cocteau was when at Wesley just gives a gun to another one of his cronies that he unfreezes <laughs> yeah. and he just kills him anyway. <laughs> yeah. After an hour and a half waiting, he finally. Yeah. Why wouldn't you put that into every frozen? inmate don't right. kill me should <laughs> right. you ever be unfrozen <laughs> right that's prime directive <laughs> never kill me um, God, sly sly looked amazing he did in this movie he did chiseled wonder, we might have to pull up his uh his filmography to see where this sits how, how about when did that his kimono time? his kimono oh, God, he wears at taco, taco bell just swishing around oh dude that the sleeveless kimono is amazing, yeah, and it and it looks great on him. It looks great on him. I, I was and thinking after, you the whole time, Dale. <laughs> and then after, how about when they go to have sex with their mind helmets? And uh-huh. he's like, he so doesn't the know how to act for the camera that he that he ends up like just making kissing motions with his lips while he's <laughs> his eyes are closed, like. He's like asking the director, like, what do you want me to do during this? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> probably Ghost directed this movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just like every one of Sly's movies, I think. Yeah. This this was this was pretty much one of his last hurrahs here. Because Cliffhanger was the year the same year actually. Um nineteen ninety three, earlier. And then next year, ninety four is the specialist. Ninety five is Judge Dredd, you know, a big mm. flop. 95 also was Assassins. Great movie. Uh, 96 and 97, though, Daylight and Copland. Great, great. Mm. And then after that, he kind of doesn't do anything. I wonder why. I remember Copland being like like an indie thing or something. It was like a film. It was probably the first film he'd done that was like getting critical acclaim. Because he takes well, it was like him and Harvey Keitel. 90, right? The next year he does Ants, and then ninety nine he does Detox, which I think was a horror movie. Um, and then two thousand Get Carter Driven. So he, I mean, he pretty much was Dunzo until Rocky Balboa in two thousand six. What a great movie! Wow, he that was, was legit. He was like out of it. He went he out with out. the the nineties. He went out with the. 90s. He really did. Yeah, Detox, I remember, I think I was working at West Coast at the time, 2002, 
And that was a horror movie that he did. It was really strange. Um, Rambo came out two years after Rocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought it was the reverse. I thought he did Rambo first, and then he was like, maybe I need to come back to Rocky. Hmm. So what was the one he just did? Creed. Creed. Oh, Creed. That's right. Then he did The Expendables. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind doing one of The Expendables. Maybe episode 320. Two years from now. Three years yeah. from now. Four years from now. <laughs> we'll bu- it'll be on the list, but there we'll bump it. it for something better when it comes time to do it. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, Sly. I love to, uh, maybe there's like long form interviews he'd done about his career, but I'd love to have him just like do a, an, like, you know, an out loud discussion of his career during that time for time period. Like, you know, what happened after Copland mm-hmm. where, where maybe he wasn't getting roles could be too. Maybe no one was, maybe he didn't have the, the, the producer back Like maybe he didn't have the bank role anymore. Right. As he once did. Yeah, maybe he didn't have, like, directors that he could direct mm-hmm. anymore. Like, maybe he didn't have that power, or maybe those guys got old, got out of the game or something. Yeah. This is all super speculation, but... Sure. But every... And every time I see it, I... Like, at the end, when he finally kisses Lenina Huxley, I mean, I just want that to keep going. I get I'm so <laughs> jealous that he kisses her at the end. And she's into it. It's like the greatest feeling. She deserved it. Yeah. This And this movie was like riding high on uh, Dennis Leary. Like it was perfect time frame for Dennis Leary. Like he's doing his, his bits shtick. in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, that's all it is. They hired him to do Dennis Leary. They should have just <laughs> called him Dennis Leary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, why were all the the poor... You know, underdwellers. Why were they wearing like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome clothes? <laughs> I know. Why were they just homeless? They, I mean, they, did they? Uh, like when they were attacking, they come up underneath Taco Bell and are like stealing all the food. They're they're driving motorcycles. They look like a like a like a deadly street gang. <laughs> they do. They're not helping their own image at all. They are like <laughs> if they're stealing Taco Bell. Why don't they steal clothes? And, like, not have to cut up dirt bike tires and wear them. <laughs> Seriously. Like, they have a whole thriving city down there with beer that must be skunked by, unless it's being oh, brewed God, now. Oh, that's to be terrible. Like, wear stolen clothes and not rubber tires to keep you warm and, and your kids and warm. They're fighting Sly on the streets of Taco Bell, and Sly, like, kills a tent and takes them all out. And one of the guys is free, wearing the Mad Max garb, and, and he looks like he's about to attack Sly. And he's like, "Oh, please, no, don't!" Yeah, yeah. Like you were just motorcycling around like a maniac. Now you're feeble and hungry. And I know. I'm supposed to feel sorry they, for you. They showed up to the party like the motorcycle gang in Weird Science. Like they were <laughs> so menacing to that crowd. And they said, "Please." He picks up the bottle of Bago bits. He's like, "Wait a minute, what is this?" <laughs> bagel bits <laughs> yeah this is food like yeah maybe this one instance they're feeling food but maybe they came to kidnap too you know it, he just doesn't he, can, he just can't make sense of this world be well and cock those in it so 
<laughs> I felt like when he when he's getting ready to crash the car and he calls it a Mickey Mouse piece of S. <laughs> like that's that's what he came up with. Self drive, break you Mickey Mouse piece of S. There's so many weird corny one liners that I just can't just understand why they all got passed. Like this was comes yeah. back to the one movie we talked about recently where like how are these the best lines that Tango everyone cash. agreed on? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. It's <laughs> like this is that Tango and Cash bleeding back through. Like this is when <laughs> this is when Sly's in control and not right. writing the first Rocky movie. I'm a seamstress. That's great. I come out of crow prison and I'm Betsy Good Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, great, great movie. Great movie. You have it. Loved it again for the hundred and first time. Yeah. Next week. Big app. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's all been leading to this. I'll do it for you. Episode 290. Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. PG, but pretty much NC-17. Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> with a toy line. <laughs> Well, you know so what? I actually like, looked like up every movie now. I looked up Pandora for Disney, mm-hmm. and uh, there's like a boat ride. There's a uh, where was it? Dang it! I gotta look it up. Pandora on Disney opening. It's opening. Uh, they're actually adjusting the hours. The um, Animal Kingdom Kingdom will close at 11 p.m. 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Wow! During the first few months of opening, that's huge. Animal is. Kingdom, I know they extended hours, but Animal Kingdom used to close at like four or five. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with the animals. I had a, a website that I Taser. pulled up that literally showed like the four sections. Mm. Um, but it didn't look that bad. I'm trying to find it. Did just just see over the weekend, I think they finally released that the first sequel is going to be hitting the theaters in like 2020. Yeah. 11 years between sequels 11 years between sequels and they and a Disney yeah, park is opening before that Avatar Flight of Passage which uh, soar on the back of a mountain banshee during a thrilling ride over this vast mood which I guess is Soarin but like Pandora oh right yeah um, so it's like, it sounds like that which means I can't do it because I'll get sick barf the Navi River Journey venture deep into the bioluminescent rainforest in search of the Navi Shaman of Songs, which I guess is, it's a small world, but in Pandora. Um, and then there's Valley of the Mora, hike amid floating mountains, glowing fauna and flora, and native drum circles and more, which actually I'm interested in. I wonder how they're going to do the floating mountains. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. The bioluminescence, it's going to be beautiful. And then there's the exotic tastes and flavors of Pandora, which is just like... Cheesecake. Weird looking drinks. There's like blueberry cheesecake, right? Or something like <laughs> Navi blueberry cheesecake. 
the one main thing uh, is if we go this year with James's colors of the Moara, which is face paint, which James is just going to lose his face over. <laughs> He's going to love that. Yeah. Pandora. That's great. So it's you're going to you're going to be obviously uh you know boots on the ground. Boots within the year, I'd say. Absolutely. There's whispers of a potential late summer. Man, is not real happy about that date. Ooh. I think she's gonna be too hot, too busy. She's uh, gonna be. Yeah, she's. Gonna I be suggested going to Thanksgiving, but her man on the inside says Thanksgiving is just as busy as summer. Um, she doesn't want to take him out of school, so we're just forced to like. There's like mm-hmm. three weeks where he has m- maybe more than one day off of school. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I'd rather just take him out of school. Yeah. Hell with it. Yeah. We when we went uh in October it was Columbus Day weekend and the the weekend it was packed, but I think probably the week before that. Take him out a couple days before that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, dude. Just take him out take him out. Yeah. I mean, I mean I if you like if you do it it it's probably crazy but like the week probably leading up to christmas is probably dead there and what are they going to be doing in school mm-hmm. especially in his grade so oh, like i mean i thought thanksgiving would have been dead maybe maybe christmas is like the same thing maybe it's like everyone has the same plan so i think it's the week for busy i think the weeks leading up to maybe thanksgiving might not be dead but i think i just listened to a podcast and they said overall the fall attendance is a lot more nowadays because they have the wine, food and wine mm. for like two months. And but just do it, man. Just take them out of school. Like, like I get it, but mm-hmm. that's why we stopped doing the Outer Banks, you know, because we didn't want to. Right. Plus, we didn't want to drive on that thirteen mile bridge anymore. It's too dangerous. The, in, <laughs> you, the infrastructure in these United States deadly. We're talking tell you telephone utility poles above ground, uh, rusted bridges, roads that are re- constantly just patched up. I wonder how often there's an accident on that bridge, or like what happens if there is one. Really, one blown tire. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh man, he's just like taking yourself and the like three cars next to you. You're just taking them all out. I feel like there should be. First of all, everyone should be tested every few years to maintain a license, like a driver's license. Mm-hmm. But maybe there should be like mandatory what to do in the event of you drive into water. Right? Like, yeah. what do you do first? Right. Right. Maybe that be- needs to happen. Yeah, like expand the written test or like some sort of knowledge-based exam. Like right. so you know how to react split second. Like isn't isn't there some kind of like unspoken rule where if you're – if you're in a car accident or you come upon a car that has been in a car accident and it's like leaking gasoline or whatever, you shut the car off. Like, isn't that some kind of unspoken thing? Like you turn it off and get rid of the yeah, key. I would say throw the key in the woods or something. <laughs> you eat it. I think you have to eat the key, but maybe there needs, there needs to be something like that. Like, you know, maybe the do's and don'ts of not dying with your car. Right. And just, you know, beyond, like, just getting in accidents yeah. and parallel parking. Par- parallel parking. There should be, like, parallel parking 201, where it's, like, you're <laughs> underwater. 
<laughs> right, exactly. And you need to get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Or else uh, you still got to drive with an adult in the car.